Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, good morning. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. And Come on, let's give it up for Jesus one more time before we get into the Word. He's the greatest father, greatest friend, everlasting father. I'm so thankful for what God is to me and as, as a father to me. And I just pray that uh, today, as a dad in here, we just want to honor dads. We've got a great gift for you, even after service. It's a cool, cool gift. For It goes along with our series, Man of the House. And so it's going to be a good time after church. But I'm just so grateful that God was a father to me when sometimes I didn't have uh, maybe a dad in my life um, as consistent as I could have. And God was a father to me. But other than that, other than God being a father to me, a practical, tangible way was a lot of men of God were fathers to me. Come on, I think sometimes uh, we, we discount what the church has in in men of God and what can offer uh, to us as a family. We might be missing something in our own personal life. We get it from Father God, obviously, but there's a tangible uh, reality that comes from the house of God where we might be missing a father in our life. So I want to encourage any of you today, maybe you didn't have that father growing up, or maybe you're trying to be the best dad you can. God will make up the gap, but there's also a house full of people here that we get to do life together with and believe God to be good, strong fathers. Come on. Thank God for men. Let's give it up for all the men one more time in here. I'm so grateful for men in this house. And uh, we, we have been in a series called Man of the House. And I'm just going to I'm going to just talk about fatherhood today in a way, but I, I just want you to leave encouraged today. I think one of the greatest wounds in men is the father wound. Many times men carry this uh, lack of affirmation or lack of identity or uh, lack of approval. And there's so many things that we seek after if we didn't get it from our fathers. And let me just say, men, if, if you don't have it, get it, get it from, from your, from your God in heaven, go get with him, get in worship, sit in his word, sit at his feet, get what you need. You're only going to get everything from him. You can to give to those around you and to your kids, um, and then and then get it from other men around you. Get some some voices of of, of leadership and men and faith around you. You you have to have it, especially in uh, today's age. And so um, I want to I want to encourage you. I want to believe God for you. I want to see wounds healed today. I want to see God uh, do some things and affirm you today. Uh, maybe you've been looking for that approval. I, I know some of my greatest fe- uh, fears are the failures of my father. Come on, sometimes the greatest things that we saw our fathers do or the, some of those mistakes, they, the enemy can use those to be our great fears. Uh, and so we have to step up in faith and, and have a new word over our life, which is the word of God. So we're going to look at the word today, a couple passages, one passage, uh, an obscure passage from the Old Testament. And then we're on the series uh, theme in 1 Corinthians 16. And that verse I read to you last week where it just says, be strong, act like men. Come on. Is it okay to say act like men in here? Act like men. And, and I know in today's culture, it might not be uh, so politically correct to say, come on, act like a man, man of the house. But, but God put a special call on men. Just, just, we just have a call. Let me, let me just say this. The, the, the hand, if you read all through the scriptures, all, all the forefathers of the faith, right before they passed on, they, they laid their hands on their families. They laid their hands on their children. And they literally imparted prophetic blessing into their kids' lives. Literally everything that the fathers of the faith said over their children, you can look at the, you can look at the words that were spoken over these kids. They, they literally came to pass the way that these men of faith laid it out onto their, onto their children and their families. Here, here's what you have to know. The, the hand of the father is literally the representation of a heavenly father's blessing and impartation. And, and so there's no, there's no substitute for that. 
And there, there's, there's no transgender role for that. I mean, I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest in church that it is, it is the hand of a man, the hand of the father, father, God, uh, the father of the house, the man of the house. And you get that from your heavenly father. If you, if you, if you're insecure about that, man, if you didn't get that from your father in heaven, then you need to go to him. You need to get some brothers around you. You need to get strong so that you can impart that into your children and into your families. There's nothing more important in this hour than men of God rising up in the house of God and in the streets of God to see what God can do through them. I don't want to discourage you. Come on. Some of you are like, man, that's not me. I just can't be that. Yes, you can. You're, you're here. I believe in you. Come on. There's some men around you. Your wives believe in you. Your sisters believe in you. Your daughters believe in you. Come on. You need to believe in you. Come on. God believes in you. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for being here today. And uh, here's what the word says. Ezekiel 1, 10, it says this. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man. And then listen, there's four faces. Each of, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side. Each of the four had the face of an eagle and the face of a man. In Revelation, this is repeated. There's the face of an ox, the face of an eagle, the, the face of a man, and, and, and the face of a lion. There's these four faces. And, and they coincide and correlate with 1 Corinthians 16 as Paul's speaking to, to us, to the church, but to men. He says this. He says, be on guard. Stand firm in your faith. This is the amplified version. Stand firm in your faith. Be on guard. One translation says, be watchful. Be watchful. Stand firm in your faith in God, respecting his precepts and keeping your doctrine sound. Come on, it's important what we believe. It's, it's important in this day what we believe, the Word of God, what the Word of God says. It's important that that's our standard. Keep watch. Paul was very adamant about keeping watch on what we believe, keeping watch on our doctrine, keeping watch on what the Bible says. He says, men, respecting the precepts, keeping watch on your doctrine. Then he says this, act like mature men. Act like men and be courageous. Be strong, this one says. Act like men and be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Let everything you do be done in love. So, so hear me. This isn't some, ah, man, hear me roar speech to you today. It's not like I'm the head of the house. Get me, you know, what, it's not that. That's not, this is let everything you, be, you do be done in love, motivated and inspired by, by God's love for us. It's these four faces that God gives us several times in the scriptures and I want to talk about today just a simple title, Four Faces of Fatherhood. Four Faces of Fatherhood. Man, I think there's nothing, I really, I really believe there's nothing more important in this hour than men, and, men of God standing up and being bold with their faith, keeping watch over their doctrine, uh, being strong, standing, being firm, being courageous, acting like men, praying for their families, praying for their coworkers, being bold with their worship. Come on, I, I tell you every week, we, we, don't, we put our hands in the air because we're needy. We lift our hands in worship because we're desperate. I, I, don't, I don't need to pray uh, because I need something from God. I need to pray because, because I'm desperate, right? I, I, don't need to, I don't need to worship because I, I, I need a show of worship. I need to worship because, man, I'm, I'm needy. I need God. I can't do this on my own. I can't, I, can't, I can't lead on my own. I can't be who God's called me to be. So I need God. The four faces of fatherhood. I, uh, I'm going to pray for you real quick, and then we're going to jump in. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for men. I, I just pray for strong men. I pray that it would change our church. 
I pray it would change households today. I pray that generations would be changed because men would stand up and decide to live for God. I know that I know that whole nations could be changed because men would rise up. I know that whole cities could be changed because men would rise up. I know that whole households could be changed. I know that future generations could be changed because men would decide to live for God. Oh, God, encounter us today. We need you. Thank you for believing in us, Jesus. Thank you for sending your giving us your life. Thank you for sending us your spirit to guide us and, and to help us and to encourage us. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today and lead us in this thing called fatherhood? We, we need you. We can't, we can't lead this on our own. Thank you for being in this place. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. I do want to remind you, that we, you heard it on the announcements, but at our, at our youth area, there's some little prayer bracelets. Our youth are going to Memphis. A bunch of students are going to Memphis tomorrow uh, for our Access Nation youth camp. And so, so be praying that they encounter God. Come on, aren't you glad for the next generation going down the pastors and people here? leading the next generation. So pray for them. Grab a bracelet. Remember this week, just pray for them to encounter God and that they would rise up and serve God. We need it. Um, we've just seen the, the, one of the best basketball players of all time. Come on. Where are my Steph Curry fans? Anybody in the house? Come on. Just what, one of you, two of you. Who, who, where are my Celtics fans at? Come on. What's up right there? Steph Curry. No, he, I was, I, I, he, he was like, no, I'm not a Celtics fan. Heck no. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. Any Celtics fans in here? Come on, yeah, I know, y'all are dirty, y'all play dirty. I know Draymond plays dirty too, but uh, what a series, man. I'm not even a basketball fan until it comes to like the playoffs, and so um, Steph Curry, 41 points, 46 points or something in game four, saved the whole, you know, really kept the playoffs. Now, four rings, they've got him in the, the, really probably put him up in the top uh, with LeBron and Jordan and 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 all of the all of the greats, Larry Bird, they're naming his name among the greats now. Come on, I don't. You might not like him, and you might think he's cocky, but he's the greatest shooter on the planet ever, ever, right, right, right. And so, man, y'all are quiet in church. No basketball fans in here. Wow, like how? how why are you talking about Steph Curry on Father's Day? I'm gonna get to that. He, he, I, I saw an interview with Steve Kerr, the coach of the Warriors, and, and Steve Kerr, uh, as a good coach does, he's given in, an interview, and they're talking about his career and, and, and different, and some of you might have seen this interview, I, it, it surprised me, uh, at the, they asked him about his career, and he says, he says this, this is a quote, he says, all I know is that when I retire, I'm going to have to say thank you to Steph Curry. I was like, can he say that? Like, I get, I get it, but like, he's the coach. He's supposed to like say thank you to all of them. Like, like they're all equal, right? Like, it takes a team. It's a team. Like, like we all, know, like in the back of our mind, we're like, it's everybody. But no, he's like, no, no, let's get real. We're going to say thank you to Steph Curry. And, and I just feel like God's going to say thank you to some dads in here. I know it's a family effort. I know, I know that it takes everyone. I know there's equal weight on a team, but I just feel like that God wants to tell some of you, like, like at the end of your life, when you get to heaven, God wants to say, well done, dad. Well done, good and faithful dad. Well done, my servant. Thank you. There's some people God wants to say thank you to do. And you're like, oh, I think there's a whole team effort and it's not everybody. And dads aren't that important. Yes, you are. 
There's a lot of weight that God calls us to carry as men. There's a lot of weight that one player like a Steph Curry carries to see a team win championships. It takes the weight that you're carrying, men. It takes God saying thank you. It takes God empowering you to carry what God's calling you to do. And I know everybody doesn't see your fears and everybody doesn't see your worries and everybody doesn't see your tears and everybody doesn't see how intimidating it is. I get it. Everybody doesn't know, like, am I being too strict? Am I being too lenient? Am I providing enough? Am I giving enough of myself to them? Am I be, am I, is it too much grace? Is it too much truth? Is it too strong? Is it too strict? I know the tensions that you carry. And, and God wants to say thank you. I feel that in my heart today that the Lord, your Father in heaven is saying, well done. You might feel like you, you've blown it. You heard Dylan talking about the inner tube. Come on, we've all flipped the inner tubes. And I, I, just, I just think that you're here and it counts. It counts. And, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. I could give you 36 stats right now. I actually looked them up. 36 stats on all the, all the depressing stats of what's, what it looks like in a home when a father's missing. And they're all probably true. But I don't want to depress you and I don't want to discourage you. And I don't want to put fear in you today because we're the family of God. We're the house of God. We're the men and women of God. We're a family, and if anything's lacking in anyone's family or anyone in this house, you don't have to go through life without a father, without a, a mentor, without a, a, someone to speak into your life, without a, a man to, to come alongside and encourage you. Come on, it's important to know that. Some, some of you single moms or ladies out here might be like, man, I don't have that kind of role model for my kids. That's okay. This is the family of God. Amen. Man, we got we to get each other's back. We got to step up for one another and believe God. All those stats are true, but a dad, I pray that you would get an affirming heart from God today. I pray you'd be emboldened in this place to know you're not by yourself and that you've got other brothers around you and men around you and people that have gone before you. Come on, Reggie, you prayed for me in the green room uh, last week, man. You have a father heart on you. I was was a little down. You guys could sense that. It was before service. Before I came out, I was a little heavy. And the prayer team, they get around me. And they pray for me every time before I come out here. Reggie, you put your hands on my back and you just, just kind of started just rubbing my shoulder. Like, man, he, you know, man of God, you started praying for me. Just, I just felt a, a power and a peace come into my life when you were praying for me in that moment. There's, that, that's here. We need that. I need that, man. Thank you for praying for me today. We, we need each other. Amen. In this hour, man, the devil wants to isolate and intimidate And I think we need to stand up with the faces of fatherhood and be who God's called us to be. Number one, the first face is the face of the eagle. First Corinthians 16 says this, be on guard, be watchful. It's the face of an eagle. Dads, we need discernment. That's our discernment. You need discernment. If there's anything you can pray for in this hour, dads, pray for discernment. My wife has amazing discernment. She, she can, my kids can be into something and she, she, she's got this radar. She comes up, she's like, boop, 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 Yeah. She's all over it. Like, I'm like, she's like, baby, this is what they're doing. I'm like, you're, you're being suspicious. Oh, just give them some, just believe in them. You know, and she's like, sure enough, every time she's right, she's dead on. I start asking God, God, give me discernment. I want what she's got. Like, I need, I need to be watchful. I need to be prayerful. It says that we need discernment. There's nothing worse than a night watchman that falls asleep on the job. Wow. Come on, that's the only job he's got, like, to watch and stay awake. Like, that's your job, like, to stay awake. Jesus says, be watchful. Paul says, be watchful. My entire job, the entire job of a watchman is to stay awake and to pray and to be watchful and to believe God for supernatural discernment in this hour. 
I thank God for, for all the different gifts, but I need discernment. Mark 26 says this, talking about praying and how strong it makes us and the disciples falling asleep. It says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took him with Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. This is Jesus' last hour. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. It gives us this insight into prayer, this insight into to watching that it actually strengthens us against temptation. It actually fortifies our soul. It actually allows us to, to watch and to be strong and to stand. Jesus was like, could you not just watch and pray? Dads, listen to me. An eagle, an eagle's vision, an eagle can see two miles out, can see a little rabbit two miles away in the sky. Some say it can actually see other eagles soaring 50 miles away. That's its vision. It's got 340 degree vision. Its eye sockets are like set in place where it can see almost all the way. There's just this watchful ability. The eagles talked about all through the Bible. Men, you have to be watchful. Amen. I'm not telling you how to do that. Like I know that there are areas in my life where I've got to decide, okay, I'm going to be a little more watchful here. I'm going to be watchful of my family, watchful of my money, watchful of my attitudes, watchful of my example. I've got to be watchful of my habits. I have to be watchful of my marriage. There's things I've got to watch over that I don't, I don't need to go to sleep on. The disciples, look at this. The disciples fell asleep with Jesus in his last hour. I mean, do you think they knew that was his last hour? They had been missing it all along. He's like, I got to go die. They're like, yeah, you'll never do that. We're taking over. It's like, get behind me, Satan. You know, he's like, you're missing it over and over. Like, like if they had known it was his last hour, if it was their last hour with Jesus, do you think they would have fallen asleep if they had understood and not taken that for granted? They took for granted. They took for granted it was their last hour with him. Listen to me, dads. When we take stuff in our life for granted, we get sleepy. I know when I begin to take my family for granted or my, uh, our church for granted or, or my leadership for granted or, or my blessings for granted, I begin to get sleepy in a way and I've got to decide I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to get sleepy. I just, God just told me to ask you a question. Where have you gotten sleepy? Where, what have you taken for granted that maybe has gotten you sleepy a little bit? I know these disciples. Come on, I'm not judging you. I'm not talking down to you. Come on, the disciples that have been with Jesus for three years are falling asleep in the greatest moment of his life. One hour before he leaves the planet is their last hour of him. And they're like. Tired. Come on. Dis distraction destroys destiny. A distraction destroys direction. And, and they get distracted. If we're going to be eagles, if we're going to be watchful, if we're going to have vision, come on, the eagles, they're an amazing picture of God's creation. I mean, I could go into you about the, the marriage ceremony they do and how they lock talons and do barrel rolls when they get married. They marry for life. They, they, it symbolizes eternity, and they do these, these roles. That when the man needs to, to find a wife, she makes him prove it. Come on, ladies. Make him sweat. Make him sweat. The Bible says, he who finds a wife. He who finds a wife. He who finds a wife. Come on, make him search. Make him sweat. Should I text him back? No. 
distraction is the enemy of destiny. I just, I want us to have vision. I want, I want you to have vision, clear vision. Years ago, I about died in a car wreck. My buddy was driving and we were going about 75 miles an hour. We were in, in Kentucky and I'm in the passenger seat. My buddy, two buddies are in the back seat and Sean Bird's driving a 1976 gray hatchback Mustang with fuzzy dice hanging from the mirror. Come on, somebody. And, and, and as, we, as we're driving that thing, we're going catfishing up in Lebanon, Kentucky. And as we're driving, we got fishing poles in the middle all through because there's no, it's a hatchback, right? There's fish, fishing poles. We're all crammed in this little car and the car, we go through a tunnel or an underpass and the car in front of us hits a, a semi piece of retread t- a rubber tire and it flips it up into the air and the re- the retread hits the hits the roof of our car or excuse me hits the hood of our car smacks it and then i remember opens up like that full length of the windshield hits the windshield like that. Our whole windshield shatters in all the way. I cover, I'm in the passenger seat. I cover my face. I duck and I'm screaming. We're screaming. Glass is shattering all across our faces. I could feel it. Sean uh, is sitting in the, in the driver's seat. Sean, he was a gangster. So Sean, Sean, Sean had no shirt on and, it, and he had this little rat tail. He had braided right down here from the side, from the side. He would have that thing down all like that. Sean was the coolest dude. Class president. Shouldn't have never happened, but he made class president. And so and so, <laughs> hey, what's up? And so, and so we're driving, and as we're, as we're going, as we're, as we're driving, that thing hits the windshield. It comes in. It shatters with the glass, but Sean's so cool. He's got his sunglasses on, right? So his sunglasses, how many? Well, wait, that's awesome. That's <laughs> no, good. That's good. I'm just going to, I'll pick right back up. I'm good. I'm paused. Sean's got his sunglasses on. <laughs> that was Sean calling. <laughs> he's got his sunglasses on. And since he's got his glasses on, the shards of glass that are spraying us, he doesn't have to take his hands off the wheels. And he literally navigates the car through a, through a, a death moment. And, and we get to the other side and the ambulance shows up and they spray us down with all this air to get the glass off of us. And they were like, if y'all had been going one more mile an hour, you, you would have decapitated the two people in the front row because the windshield would have taken your, your heads off. And, and the, with him having those glasses on allowed you to steer through that without him having to take his hands off the wheel because I buckled in the, in the seat and just covered up. What I, what I want to say to you is, listen, you, you've got to get some God glasses on. You've got to, it, the, the culture, culture and, and, and right now and everything that's happening out there is trying to throw so many lies and so many things at us and get us to see things so skewed and so, so perverted. And, and, and Satan wants to, to wreck our car, wreck our life, wreck our families, throw lies at us. And men, if you don't have the truth of God's word as goggles over your eyes, if you don't have discernment and vision through the goggles and the lens of God, we're going to. We, we're not going to be able to navigate through the storms that are, that are here. We, we have to be able to have discernment. Come on, praise God. Sean is back. What's up, Sean? <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow. This is what I want you to get. And as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Come on, if you want discernment, get the word of God. If you want to know the truth, it shall be from the word of God. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. We need this in our life. Men, I want to say, do not doze off on your destiny. Don't. It's too important. Those kids, that young marriage, come on, men, dads, that you're dating, don't doze off on a pure dating relationship. Men, don't doze off. Don't come in here 
And put your hands up on Sunday, but your hands on her on, her on Saturday. Don't come up here with holy hands on Sunday, but you got your, stu- your hands all up on his daughter, God's daughter, on Saturday. You might leave, but that's okay. I'm telling you the truth. Live pure. Live right. Decide. Make a decision. I just feel like God is taking a comb through the body of Christ, and he's saying, you know what? I, I'm just going to, I just want some things to be godly again. I want some things to be truthful again. I want some things to be pure again. I want some things to be holy again. I just, and, and if, you, if you are struggling with that on Saturday, well, tell somebody, right? Don't, I mean, in worship, yes, come worship, but then tell somebody, I'm struggling, pastor. I need some help. I need some family. I need some friends. I need to be a godly man. Come on, I knew it was like when I turned my life over to God. I didn't live a godly life. I needed supernatural power and men of God around me to live and walk humbly and godly. And we need that. Come on, get to sermon. Number two, the face of the ox. Number one, you need vision. You need discernment. Number two, the face of the ox. This is Corinthians. He says, stand firm in the faith. This is your consistency. This is important, man. Your consistency. An ox is consistent. An ox shows up every day. An ox plods. An ox serves. An ox just nurtures. An ox keeps going. An ox just keeps grinding. I know that everybody doesn't feel it, but you've just been going and going and going and going. That's the face of fatherhood. There's no days off from it. An ox just shows up. An ox just keeps its commitment. You know those people that just keep their commitment? They just show up on time. They just, they just are a part of what they say they're going to be a part of. They just do it. It's just God's looking for consistency in us men. When we're inconsistent fathers, when, when I'm an inconsistent man, my family, my wife, the leaders around me don't know the direction that we're, we're going. They, don't, they get misunderstandings about who God is and, and the direction of, of where we're headed when I'm inconsistent. I've got to, not that, listen, don't hear me. Don't, don't think I'm saying be perfect. I'm just saying God's called us to a life of consistency. That's showing up. That's some of that's just showing up every day, every day after day after day. There's days I want to quit. Somebody said to me the other day, well, sometimes I want to quit. I was like, sometimes I want to go start a Baskin Robbins too. That's my escape fantasy. <laughs> PGA golf or, or a, you know, Baskin Robbins. That's, come on, somebody, 32 flavors, is that right? I think that'd be awesome. But, but, but I, don't, I don't live there. I don't stay there. I, I, I have to say, you know what? I'm going to be consistent. There's something. Hey, let me ask you this, dads. Does, does your family wonder which, what dad they're going to get when you come through the door? Wow. Are you going to be mad dad today? Are you going to be happy dad? Are you going to be angry dad? Are you going to be loving dad? What, does your spouse have to guess who you're going to be? Again, it doesn't mean we don't have emotions and we're not, we don't have bad days. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, is it a consistent pattern for where your family doesn't know who they're going to get? I would challenge you. Ask your wife. Ask your wife. Leave today and go, hey, babe, am I consistent with, with you? Do you know who you're going to get? I know there's been days. I'm an emotional guy. There's been days in my life, when, and we've worked through some of that, where she, she, she's the rock. She's solid. Some days, some days uh, I'm on top of the world, and, and, and then the next day, the whole world's ending. Come on. It's all over. That's some of my personality, right? And, and so, so you, have to, you have to be honest about that. You have to check that. You have to get accountability around that. You have to be open about that. 
You have to, you know, my wife and I, she, some days, thank God we don't, we're not both down on the same day, right? Come on, somebody. Like, we can encourage each other, but men, you know, consistency is so huge. Come on, there's some things that you just don't like to eat because of consistency. Anybody got consistency issues with their, with the, with the stuff they eat? Bananas? Come on, I, I can't do bananas. Right there, you know. No bananas. Hate them right there. I'm with you, buddy, right there. It's disgusting. I had a little boy, we were, uh, this last week, he's like, we were just, I just met him. I know his family. He, he just looked at me and goes, I throw up when I eat bananas. <laughs> that's, how, that's how he introduced himself to me. <laughs> I was like, me too, bro. That's, they're disgusting. Bananas. That's the consistency. Like yogurt. I'm not a yogurt guy. Like that's just something wrong with yogurt. Something wrong with it. You shouldn't eat that. Like just in your mouth, it's like the fruit in the bottom of it, the cup. I don't know, man. Boba tea. Anybody? You shouldn't have to drink and chew in the same moment. That's not, you shouldn't have to do that. I'm just saying like, like there's some things about being consistent and, and being steady and putting your feet into the ground. Galatians 6, 9, hear me. Some of you dads want to give up right now. You're discouraged. You feel like you're not measuring up. You're looking at your kids going, I don't know. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I came here to tell somebody today, come on, it's due season for you, dad. Come on. Dads have due dates too. It's due season. Those prayers you've been praying for your kids, it's due season. Those tears you've been praying for that career, that job, that direction, it's due season. It's due season for that reconciliation with your father. It's due season for your, for your own belief system. It's due season for some things in your life. And the Bible says that if you do not grow weary, that you will reap in due season. Come on, it's, it's somebody's season in here. It's due season on your ministry. It's due season for your marriage to be good again. It's due season, men, for you to wake up. It's, it's due season to lead in the house of God. It's, it's, a, it's due, it's due, it's time. I believe that with all my heart. You know, weariness is not, it's not tiredness. Tiredness is in, in your body. I could dig ditches all day long and be tired. Get up and go do it again the next day. Weariness is in the soul. And the enemy's trying to always bring weariness into our soul. He says, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't get weary in your soul by showing up and being consistent every day. Because you will reap. The Bible promises that there's a, blessing and a harvest coming for you. And I just want to tell somebody in this place that, come on, don't quit. You are about to see a reward for your labor and doing good. And I believe that in Jesus mighty name. Number two is the face of the ox. Number three, the face of the lion. He says, act like men. Paul says, act like men, act like men. That's the lion, man. The lion's mentioned over a hundred times in the Bible. Act like men. Just be strong. That's our courage. Let me just speak to courage. Come on, man. That's courage. Act like men. Be strong. Fight. That's the courage of God. That's courage inside of us. First Chronicles 12, 8 says, from the Gadites there came over to David, men, mighty men of valor, whose faces were like the faces of lions. Amen. Oh, come on. Yeah. What's the face of a lion look like? Man, it talk, I mean, the Bible didn't just say that. Like these men came over with the faces of lions, these mighty men. The Bible says that David had the heart of a lion. We need dads to have the heart of courage and lions in this hour. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, this, this, this is, I, don't, I don't mean that we're never afraid. Courage, courage is not the absence of fear. 
Courage is the propensity to action. Come on, courage doesn't mean that, I don't, that I'm, a, I'm all, all, all bold and never scared. No, courage means I do it scared. Yeah. Courage means I do it afraid. Yeah. You, to, courage means I show up even when I'm nervous. I show up even when I'm scared. I had to preach to, I had to, preach to Wednesday night youth the other night. <laughs> do you know how scared I was? <laughs> I was more scared than preaching to this. You know, I, I, you know, I got little middle school girls not even looking at me, talking to each other while I'm preaching. I'm like, hey. Hey, I'm preaching here. <laughs> you know what's crazy? They're actually turned sideways, taking in everything I'm saying. Come up to me after and tell me about the message. I'm like, I, I thought you didn't like me. <laughs> they hear us. Do it afraid. People are listening. People are watching. People are hearing. Do it scared. Here's what courage is. A strong desire to live, but a readiness to die. You're like, well, that's intense. It's called a firefighter. It's called a police officer. It's called a soldier. It's called a man of God. I've been in nations where my life was at risk, but my wife and I decided years ago that that's what we're in it for. A strong desire to live, but a willingness to die. A willingness to die. My first mission trip was in a maximum security prison in Central America on death row. I'd been saved for six months. Come on, men. You won't even go to Walmart tell you, share your faith. Man, they, oh, the guards wouldn't even go in. I'm just a strong, I didn't want to die. I'm ready to. And we grab a hold of this stuff too tightly called, called earth and called life and called possessions and called, we just, we're safe. Secure. And Jesus died at 33. Was that too early? He said, I'm done. I'm finished. A strong desire to live, but a willingness to die. Courage. Come on, my friend who's a firefighter right there in the back. Thank you for your courage. Strong desire to live, but willing to run in to death's face. We're men of God. We're men of the gospel. We're scared to tell somebody about Jesus. We're scared to pray. We're scared to, to give, to tithe, to worship. Scared to raise our hands because we're going to look stupid. We're scared to get on our knees at this, at this altar. We're scared to, come on, God's opening altars back up Amen. for men. Amen. I'm off topic again. I remember years ago, I was a youth pastor. It's a youth pastor. God spoke to me. I'm leading over about 200 students in a church of about 2,000 people. And I'm, all, I'm sitting with all the students. And God says, I want you to go down to that altar and get on your knees and do some business with me. It's the middle of worship. I'm like, God, I'm the youth pastor. Everybody's going to think I'm some pervert or something, you know? <laughs> think I have some kind of weird, wacky sin in my life. I can't go do that. I'm the youth pastor. What are they going to think about me? We get, the devil just does all these lies to us. Finally, after about 10 minutes of wrestling with God, I went down and got on my knees and, and just let God deal with me. I, as men, sometimes the altars are the, you think, oh, what is everybody going to think? If I go get prayer, they're going to think I'm not a good man, I'm not a good father, not a good leader. They're going to think I'm in sin. Man, forget all that crap. Amen. And let, let God 
Rise up. Be courageous with your faith. Be courageous with your family. I think you can have courage. Here's why you can have courage. It's this verse. I love the verse. It talks about God going with us and going before us. It's in Deuteronomy. It says this in Deuteronomy 31.6. It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. You can have courage because you know he's already gone the direction that you're going. You can have courage because he's gone before you. You can have courage because he's with you. You can have courage because he's not going to forsake you. I really mean it. Like there's things. I did something called canyoning years ago. Anybody ever canyoned? It's where you actually navigate a river just with your body. And it's, it, we were in the Swiss Alps and we were canyoning down through this river. And there was about 15 of us and we had four guides, guys and girls. And these guides had been on the river hundreds of times. I was scared to death. You'd go, the river's rushing up to about your, your quads here and you're standing, there's a 25 foot drop and it's loud and the, it's, oh, you got a life jacket and a helmet. <laughs> And they're like, you see that hole right there? Jump right there. Feet first, not there. If you hit there, you snap both your legs in half. Right there, hit that hole. And you're just like, oh my God. Ah. Four hours of that. See that little hole right there? The whole river's rushing through. Lay on your back. Get as close to the ground as you can. Put your arms over your chest folded and don't lift your head or you'll rip your face off on the rocks as the river shoots you through the tunnel. Like somebody did that and they learned. You know, it's like, okay. Four hours of death-defying courage. But why, 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 why? Because I trusted several little guides that had been up and down that river, knew every pitfall, every hole, every rock, every turn, every twist. The Holy Spirit has been given to you. God knows the river of your life. He's explored every turn and every territory and every jump and every leap of faith and everywhere you're walking. You can have courage to take steps because God will not leave you nor forsake you. And he's already with you. You can have courage. Every man in here, you can have courage. Come on. Come on, man. I just, I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you. Dusty, as we were training, I, I shout out our, our workout group every week. I tell my staff every day, we work out at 6 a.m. I said, did I remind anybody? I work out at 6 a.m. on Tuesday mornings. We got a men's group and women. If you want to show up, we're working out at 6 a.m. on Tuesday mornings. But, but you said last week, you were, we, we all gathered around. We're working out. And one of the guys saw me working out on something. And he was like, he's like, I see you, man. I think you were saying, I see you, Jamie. I see you, man. I see you. And something about that just, just rose up in me. Like, man, he sees what I, he sees me. Like, I, it just put courage in me. Like, I see you. One, one other guy looked at me and said, don't let your age be your cage. Don't let your age be your cage. Like, Come on, baby. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I told you I was going to work that in the sermon. But, but, but so much takes courage out of us. We need to see each other and put courage into each other. I see you, Trey. I see you, man of God. I see you. I see you. I see you. And I see you, Dad. I see you here. God says, thank you. Well done, Dad. Come on. You're showing up. And you've got courage. I don't know, man. If you need courage today, I want to put courage in you. I want to pray for you. And the last one I'm going to pray 
is this, the face of the man, the face of the man. Let all that you do be done in love. That's our compassion. That's our authenticity. That's our vulnerability. That's me telling you publicly how Reggie prayed for me last week and how I was discouraged. That's, that's, that's vulnerability. That's real. Some of you are so scared to get real and authentic with your feelings and your emotions and so scared to be honest. Most people, specifically our families, will have a hard time connecting to something. Many of you have wounds because you couldn't connect to your father in an authentic way. And you don't even know how to give it to those around you. And God's saying, I want to heal that. I want you to be real. I want you to be vulnerable. I want you to be honest. I want you to be touchable. That was Jesus. Here's some of the best things you can say as a dad. I blew it. Forgive me. I'm scared. I don't know what to do right now. I'm in it with you. You're not alone. Let's pray about it. Those are some of the most powerful things you can say. God's put so much value in you today, dads. Would you, would you hand me those real quick? God's put value in you as a father. He's actually inscribed his name upon you. He's actually inscribed his name on you, dads. At the cross, Jesus stamped you with his name. I got a couple of little silly props up here. And uh, I'll try to catch that one right there. I, I just, I got a basketball, a golf ball, and a football. How, how, much, how much is this basketball worth? Anybody? What's the value of this? About how much? About 20 bucks. Yeah, it's used, $20. Golf ball, how much is the value of this golf ball? It's brand new. It's $4 now, you're right. Come on, you're a golfer, you know. <laughs> Cheap. We get upset every time we lose one. I just lost $12. Is it six? It's about $4. About the value of this football right here. 25, pretty nice. Under Armour football. Let's ask you a question. How much is this football worth in, 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 in Peyton Manning's hand? 30 million a year. How much is this basketball worth in Curry's hand? 46 million a year. $25 or 46 million? How much is this golf ball worth in Tiger's hand? It's about 60 million a year. How much is a tennis racket worth in Serena Williams' hand? About 100 million a year. Your value is determined by whose hand you're in. Wow. I just, I just want to encourage you, dads. Listen, you might not feel valuable, but if you'll put your life in God's hand, if you'll quit trying to find value in success and esteem and popularity and relationship, if you'll begin to say, you know what? I'm going to find value in my future in God's hand. I'm going to find value in what Jesus did. I'm going to find value. I'm going to put my plans in God's hand. I'm going to put my future. I'm going to put my reputation. I'm going to put my parenting, my fatherhood. I'm going to put being a man in God's hands. There's immense eternal value in that. Unmeasurable, priceless value. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for men today. Thank you for the men of this house. Thank you for men leading their families, leading their children. I pray for any man that was missing a dad. If there's any gap or any wound or any affirmation needed or approval, I pray today would be a day that they hear me say, well done, dad. Well done, young man. Well done that you're approved of. I see you. Thank you, Father, for seeing us and saying thank you to our consistency and our, our tenacity and our courage to be a man in this hour, a man of God in this hour. I pray that men of God would stand up and be real and be authentic.
pray for the face of an ox, the face of lions, the, the face of eagles. I pray for prayer warriors, men that would pray about it, would be on their knees and leading their families in prayer. I pray, oh God, for the four faces of fatherhood today. I pray, Lord, that you would carry it for us. We put all of it in your hand because we're not strong enough to add value to it on our own. So we lay it into your hands, oh God. We lay our families into your hands. We lay our, our ministries, our, our, our thoughts, our motives, our, our retirements, our careers, our money. We lay it into your hands, oh God. You're big enough to carry it for us today. If you're in this place and you know you need to put your life back in God's hand, come on, whether man or woman, you need to put your life in God's hand. The Bible says this, that if you would put your life into Jesus' hand, if you would just believe in Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. You get eternal value from God. Maybe you know that you've had your life in your own hand. The Bible says Jesus came to this planet, died on a cross, died on a tree, took all of our punishment, all of our sin, all of our failures, rose from the dead to give us a brand new life full of courage and eternity and relationship with a good father to make our life valuable. That's where real value comes. If you know you need to put your life in God's hand today and say, you know what? I need that value. No one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you or stand you up, but I want to pray for you. If you're online watching and you need to put your life in God's hands right now, just type in the chat. I need a fresh start. If you're in this room right now, if you'd be bold and honest with me, come on men across this house or women, I need to put my life back in God's hand. Would you put your hand up to me right now? No one looking around. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage, sir. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, Lord. You see men of this house, you see women of this house laying their life into your hand. You're the one that can do something great. You're the one that did something great on that cross. And so we surrender today. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. If you're online, you can pray this prayer with me. If you're in this room, pray it with me. Put your heart up in a heart of surrender. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you took all my sin and nailed it to that cross. I believe you rose from the dead on the third day. I believe you're giving me a brand new heart. You are God. You are my God. I call you Lord today. I thank you for dying for me. And I will give you the rest of my life. I put my life in your hands in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.